you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron the Addisons here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and you're joining me for Wednesdays with Will. I'm glad that you could be with me. First, I have a few announcements. Uh, you want to email us, just email us at addisons at afr.net, addisons at afr.net. You can follow us on Facebook. Just search Aaron the Addisons, and you can also see this broadcast live on Facebook and on YouTube. So just search for Erin Addison's and you'll find us. Uh, We have another marriage family life date night. This will be the last one uh, for this year happening November 9th, uh, 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Location is the Robinson Center at 426 West Markham Street in Little Rock, Arkansas. If you go to marriagefamilylife.net, you can register now. So, Man, these events have been great. It's been great to to meet so many couples who, um, you know, adhere to God's design for marriage, who want to celebrate marriage. We have a good time. We have uh, some food. We play games. It's just an awesome time. So go to marriagefamilylife.net and you can register for the date night. We need you to register because we need to know how many people will be coming out. Also, if you desire a clear and concise teaching on a biblical response to critical race theory. Go to afastore.net. You can pick up a two-part teaching done by Miki Addison, my wife, on this topic. On this topic. Also, October 21st through the 24th, uh, we will be in Plano, Texas, at, at the North Dallas Community Bible Fellowship. Uh, that's at 2801 East President uh, George Bush Highway. In Plano, uh, you can register at ndcbf.org slash Disciple Life. If you want to attend this conference, it's a Disciple Life Family Conference, where we're going to be talking about what the church can do to help their families uh, to, to homeschool or to, to you know, pull out of uh, the, the system and how churches and families can work together to make that happen. It's going to take the church doing something as well. Uh, to help families who desire uh, to, you know, homeschool or have an alternative to the schooling that's out there now, you know, it's going to take the churches and the families together to make that happen. So this is the uh, discussion we're going to be having as October 21st through the 24th in Plano, Texas. Uh, hope to see you there. Also, we're still in the month of September, but barely. So if you haven't done the September by design challenge you still have time so for this month in september the by design is warning you to participate in the date night challenge we are asking married couples who live uh well let me get that because we passed that so you can't go to the date night because we already did that in jackson tennessee but if you you can have your own date night a matter of fact amiki was clowning me 
and saying, you know, she didn't want to have to come on the radio and say, um, hey, you didn't do it. Well, last night we went out on a date, just me and her. So I got it done. I got it done. We had a good time, you know. Uh, so you can do it. You still have time. So if you are out there, you were not able to make the date night in Jackson, Tennessee, you still can take your spouse out for a date, uh, take a picture, uh, send it into our By Design Facebook page, hashtag BD Date Night. And, uh, hey, there's no excuse. I did it. I got it done. All right. I think that's all the announcements. So today, we're going to be talking about the necessity of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, the last couple of days, we have been talking about how um, there are so many born-again believers who profess to be born-again believers who does not, who does not believe, they don't believe that the Holy Spirit is real. That is alarming to me. That's alarming to me. So in Aaron Addison's, we have been talking about this. It's an alarming statistic. 62% of self-identified born-again Christians contend that the Holy Spirit is not a real living being, but it's merely a symbol of God's power, presence, or purity. 62% of self-identified born-again Christians. Born-again. So if you're able to identify that they're born-again, you know, that holds a lot of weight. That's not just saying I'm a Christian, you know, because I'm culturally I'm a Christian. My, my mom was a Christian. My dad was a Christian. So my family, I live in America, so I'm a Christian. It's not that. But these people are born again. They, they understand what has been done to secure their salvation. They understand about Jesus Christ's sacrifice, the atoning sacrifice for our sins, born again, but have a lack of an understanding about Holy Spirit and who he is. Amazing, 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 amazing. So this has to contribute to the lack of discernment, spiritual fervor, and weakness that we see in the church today. It has to. There's no way around it. Uh, John chapter 14, the Bible gives us great detail of who the Holy Spirit is, and we'll read that just in just a minute. But first, uh, this is what I want to do. It's necessary that we, that we lean on Holy Spirit's power to enable us to do our work. A lot of times what we have happening in the body of Christ is that we lean on the arm of the flesh. We lean on our own ability. We lean on our, how, how well we can think through what we can come up with rather than leading, you know, the leaning on the, on the, on the Holy Spirit. And maybe that's because we don't believe in him. We don't believe he's real. If you don't believe that he's real or he's just this, this force of power, you know, that's just out there, then you're not leaning on him, on God. Maybe that's the case. But God has created very talented people. And it's always a temptation to rest on, uh, on our natural abilities and giftings rather than the spirit of God to enable us to do our work. It's so easy to say, I know how to do this. I can do this well. So I'm just going to lean and depend on this. Whatever our calling or task that God has anointed us to do, the Holy Spirit is readily available to us to help us so that we are not leaning on our own strength and abilities, right? But on enhanced ability 
given us by God. There's uh, three scriptures I want to read. I want to look at just briefly of the Holy Spirit's involvement in aiding and anointing for the work of God. And these scriptures here are in the Old Testament. These these first three. The first one I want to look at is Exodus chapter uh, 31. So this is the account where God lays out instructions for the Ark of the Covenant. And he specifies on how he gives specifics on how everything is to be built. So in this, God chooses two men, one named Bezalel and the other Aholiab, and they're craftsmen by trade. They're craftsmen. So in this work, they, you know, they build things, they put things together. They, they, they are suited for this. But he does not only employ their, their skill, he anoints them for the task. The anointing enhances our skills and abilities. Holy Spirit enhances the skills and, and abilities given to us. We may have natural, so-called natural giftings. But when we submit those things to Holy Spirit, they are enhanced. I'm going to read the scripture. It says, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, I have filled him with what? The spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of craftsmanship to make artistic designs for work in gold, in silver, and in bronze, and in the cutting of stones for setting, and in the carving of wood, that he may work in all kinds of craftsmanship. And behold, I myself have appointed with him Aholiab of the tribe of Dan. And in the hearts of all who are skillful, I have put skill. This is, <laughs> this is amazing. That they may make all that I have commanded you. So Moses was commanded to, to, to do this, but, he, but God put skilled craftsmen around him, around him for, the, for this task. But not only that, they were full of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to carry out that work. So these men, again, were craftsmen by trade, by trade, but God anointed them with the Ruach to be skilled to do this work. See, it wasn't enough that they grew up being craftsmen and this was their trade and they understood how to do artistic work and all of this. They had to be skilled but yet filled with the spirit to carry out this work. This is a lesson for us today. And whatever you're doing, don't just rely on your skill. Yeah, you may have gone to college. You may have this degree. You may have this trade. But man, what is, what is that trade if it's submitted to the Holy Spirit? What can happen? Man, it's limitless because God is limitless. We, this is the way we need to think. And so for there to be 62% of born-again believers saying that they don't believe the Holy Spirit is real, man, they are missing out on God empowering them. See, we, sometimes we see our trades, we see the things that we do as just, I got this. You know, I'm good at this, so I can kind of lean on this and just do it. But man, what is that? Submitted to Holy Spirit. 
So there's many people. Let's just take this. There are many people, even in the church, that can sing. Man, they can sing and they can bring you to tears by their singing. But what is that singing with the anointing of Holy Spirit on it? That's ministry. There are many giftings. I've seen people in church that can sing, but their life don't line up. They're, 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 you know, they're not living God's standard out in their lives. But they can sing. They have a talent. And a lot of times the pastor and the leaders will put them up front because of a talent and a gifting that they have. But that is not submitted to the Holy Spirit. What we should desire not is not only the gifting of someone who who's able to preach and speak, but man, are they anointed by God to do what they've been, you know, doing? The Holy Spirit enhances the abilities that, that God gives us. I want to look at Numbers chapter 11, verse 17. Uh, in this account, the children of Israel complained before God because they uh, had greedy desires for meat. Instead of manna, the manna God provided. So they, they wanted meat. They were tired of the manna, right? They even said, who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish we used to uh, eat free in Egypt. The cucumbers, the melons, and the leeks, and the onions, and the garlic. But now our appetite is gone. There is nothing at all to look at except this manna. So they were complaining about the manna that God was raining down from heaven. <laughs> that he was sending them, that he was causing to be there, that he was providing for them. They wanted meat. Okay. And the Bible said God was angry and Moses was displeased. So Moses went to God and said, why have you been so hard, so hard on your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all this people on me? Was it I who con conceived all these people? Was it I who brought them forth that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing infant to the land which you swore to their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give all these people? For they weep before me saying, give us meat that we may eat. I alone am not able to carry all these people because it is too burdensome for me. I'm going to stop right there. And I'm going to give you God's response to Moses. We're talking about the necessity of the Holy Spirit. This is Aaron Addison's here, American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Will Addison here. And you're listening to Wednesdays with Will. Thank you for being here. We're talking about the necessity of the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is kind of a piggyback off of what we've been talking about on Aaron Addison's the last couple of days. That there's 62% of born-again believers that contend that the Holy Spirit is not real. That he's just a, a, 
a force or a presence. And I think that's tragic. I think that's tragic. And before the break, we were talking about uh, the situation with the children of Israel. They were complaining about the manna that God provided for them. Uh, They wanted meat. And so they made it known. And so in turn, Moses went to God and made it known to him that, man, these people are, are too much. I can't, I can't do it. They're coming to me complaining about meat, and I can't provide meat for them. But God has a response as well. And we're talking again about the necessity of the Holy Spirit. God's response was, in Numbers chapter 11, verse 16, 17, said, Gather for me 70 men from the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and their officers, and bring them to the tent of meeting. And let them take their stand there with you. And then I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take of the Spirit who is upon you, and will put him Upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you will not bear it alone. Amazing passage of scripture. God said. Get the leaders together, the elders, the officers of the people come to the tent of meeting. Man, the tent of meeting. That's where it went down. (laughs) That's what things happened. That's what it, it was time you know, to have that meeting with God. And he said, let them stand there with you. They're going to they're gonna take their stand with you. Then I will, I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take up the spirit who is upon you and will put him, that's very important, and will put him upon them. And they shall bear, bear the burden. So, you're talking about leaders, elders here. Why didn't God just say, get you some elders together, some leaders, you know, and y'all govern together. They're going to help you it, because that was not enough. They needed to be endued with power. They needed the spirit. They needed the spirit to be able to carry out the task that God was setting before them. See, once again, you may be a great leader. You may have all kind of ideas, right? You may be a person that's, you know, man, you, you, you have it. You have it. Like you, you got it down. Leadership. But man, what is a leader when he has the spirit of God guiding and leading him? That's a leader. So it's necessary that we have Holy Spirit leading us. In all of our endeavors, whether we feel like we're skilled already in this area or not, we need the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide us. So God said, I'm going to take of the spirit that's upon you, capital S, and put it on, and put him on them and put him upon them. Very important. Right. So spirit enablement, enablement given the leaders to, uh, to help Moses lead. God didn't say gather the smart leaders and the great ability, the ones that have the great ability because of their leadership skills. I will appoint them to help you. No, God put some of the Ruach, the anointing of Moses on them 
to enable them to lead. One last scripture I want to look at from the Old Testament is Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. And this is speaking of Caleb, of Joshua and Caleb, you know, the ones that had a different spirit upon them. The other spies who came back with the report that we're like, you know, <laughs> we're small in the eyes of these giants. We're like, you know, grasshoppers. Like, we can't do it. We can't take the land that God had already said, I'm giving you. They were like, no, we can't do it. We're too small. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 24 says, but as for my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land uh, which he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it. Just another example. See, the Holy Spirit, he's from the beginning. He's from the beginning. Remember the spirit of God hovered, you know, you see the, the Godhead in the beginning, father, son, Holy spirit. But then when we turn to the new Testament, we turn to the new Testament, we see the Holy spirit's role for the people of God. And it's very significant. So in John, it is outlined what Holy spirit would do and be for God's people. Now these are familiar scripture, but man, we have to always go back to the straight edge of scripture because it's not being taught for there to be 62% of born again believers that don't believe the Holy spirit is real. That's something that's deficient in the teaching. So in John, in John, it says, the Holy Spirit, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Chapter 14, I, and he will give you another helper. Verse 16, so that he may be with you forever. Helper. The helper is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Wow. So, Holy Spirit, he's the helper. The helper is the spirit of truth. And not only will he be with you like he was with the, the, the believers and the people of God in the Old Testament, but now, man, we're going to take it up a notch. He's going to be in you. I always say it like this. Just as Jesus was to the disciples, leading them, guiding them, showing them, rebuking them, correcting them, convicting them, Holy Spirit is for us today. He's leading us, guiding us, correcting us, convicting us. So how can you have a believer who does not believe Holy Spirit is real? You have to question that. Then it goes on to say, I will not leave you as orphans. I'm coming to you after a little while. The world uh, no longer is going to see me, but you are going to see me because I live. You will also live. On that day, you will know that I am in my father and my father and, and you are in me and I in you. And the one who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and uh, will reveal myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what has happened that you are going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, 
If anyone loves me, he will follow my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. The one who does not love me does not follow my words and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father who sent me. Verse 25. And these things I have spoken to you while remaining with you, but the helper the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled nor fearful. You heard that I said to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father for the father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it happens so that when it happens, you may believe. I will not speak much more with you for the ruler of this of the world is coming and he has nothing in regard to me. But so that the world may know that I love the father, I do exactly as the father commanded me. Get up. Let's go from here. Holy Spirit is, is said to be the helper. He helps us. And Jesus said, that's who I'm sending to you. I'm sending him to you in my name. And he will do what? Teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. We need the Holy Spirit. He is real. He is necessary for all believers today and tomorrow. <laughs> the Holy Spirit promised. More scripture. But now I'm going to him who sent me and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, grief has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I am leaving. For if I do not leave, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. I will send him, not it. I will send him to you and he when he comes, will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment regarding sin because they do not believe in me and regarding righteousness because I am going to the Father and you no longer are going to see me and regarding judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Once again, Jesus is he's saying that it's to our advantage that he go away because that when he goes away, he's sending the helper. The helper. We need Holy Spirit. He is necessary. He is necessary. And look at his involvement in the church and leading the apostles. In Acts chapter 13, it reads, Now there are our prophets and teachers at Antioch. In the church, there was a Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And while they were serving the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, who said? The Holy Spirit said, set Barnabas and Saul apart for me, for the work to which I have called them. If he's not God, how is he calling these men to a work? <laughs> and it's amazing to me, that they're in a meeting together. They're praying. 
they're fasting, they're ministering. And while all that's happening, Holy Spirit just speaks and said, okay, separate Barnabas and Saul for this work that I am calling them to. He's God. He's real. And he's navigating the church. Then when they had fasted, prayed, and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Verse 4, so being sent out by who? The Holy Spirit. If he's not real, how is he sending these men out to do a work? (laughs) If he's not God, how is he doing this? So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and from there sailed to Cyprus. And when they reached Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they also had John as their helper. And when they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they found a magician, a Jewish false prophet, whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul, a man of intelligence. A man of intelligence. The man summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the magician, for so his name is translated, was opposing them, speaking, uh, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also known as Paul, filled with who? The Holy Spirit stared at him and said, you who are full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not stop making crooked the straight ways of the Lord. Now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you and you will be blind and not see the sun for a time. And immediately a mist and a darkness fell upon him. And he went about seeking those who would lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had happened, being amazed at the teaching of the Lord. So the Holy Holy Spirit is all in this. Paul is full of the spirit. The Holy Spirit saying, separate for me Barnabas and Saul for this work. They're praying and fasting. And then the Holy, you know, Holy Spirit just speaks right in the midst of them. He is necessary. He is necessary. Acts chapter 16. Now, Paul also came to Derby and Lystra and a disciple was there named Timothy, uh, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. But his father was a Greek and he was well spoken of by the brothers and sisters who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted this man to leave with him and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now, while they were passing through, while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the ordinances for them to follow, which had been determined by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. Verse six, they passed through the, uh, Phrygian and and, Gal- and Galatian region after being forbidden by after being forbidden by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was directing them. He for, forbade them to speak the word in Asia. Man, Holy Spirit is directing this thing. He's real. And, there, and, and you see the apostles following his lead. So the Holy Spirit forbade them to speak in Asia. And after they came to Messiah, They were trying to go to Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Wow. We're going to stop right there. The Holy Spirit is necessary. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Be back right after this. Yeah. 
is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and you're joining me for Wednesdays with Will. We're talking about the necessity of the Holy Spirit. And I was just reading from Acts chapter 16 how the Holy Spirit, he forbade them uh, to speak. Um, he also caused them not to go to a certain area, but held them back. Why? Because he's God and he's leading and we need him. And he's real. You know, I, I was really taken back by that stat of 62% of born-again believers contending that the Holy Spirit is not real, that he's only a force or a power. I mean, and I think it, it sheds some light on why things are like they are in the church today and amongst believers that we have to do a better job of discipleship pulling from the straight edge of Scripture to do so. It's sad. It's sad to me that this is the case. We see here clearly in the book of Acts, in the verses that I've read thus far, Holy Spirit was intimately involved in the church, in the day-to-day lives of believers, and also and making sure that they did exactly what God wanted them to do, and they listened to him. So they were going to a certain place. The Bible says in Acts chapter 16, verse 6, after being forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, and after that they came to Messiah, they were trying to go to Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. And passing by Messiah, They went to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia uh, was standing and pleading with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And uh, when he had seen the vision, we immediately sought to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. This all was led by Holy Spirit. And if Paul would have thought for an instant that, Nah, you know, Holy Spirit, he's not real or like he's just a force and a, a power. Like he would have missed this whole thing here. How much stuff do we miss because we don't submit to the leading of the spirit? How, how much do we miss because we're not letting him navigate our lives and that we're only uh, uh, leaning on the arm of the flesh? Remember Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira? Who did they lie to? Who did they lie to? Acts 5, verse 5. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira, they sold a piece of property and kept back some of the proceeds for himself. And his wife, full, uh, full knowledge and bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias... Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to who? To the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the proceeds of the land while it remained unsold. Did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to who? (laughs) But to God. But to God. Holy Spirit is God. 
And as he heard these words, Ananias collapsed and died. And great fear came over all who heard about it. The young men got up and covered him up. And after carrying him out, they buried him. Now an interval of about three hours elapsed. And his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter responded to her, tell me whether you sold the land for this price. And she said, yes, for that price. Then Peter said to her, why is it that you have agreed together to put the spirit of the Lord to the test? <laughs> Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out as well. And immediately she collapsed and at his feet and died. And the young men came in and found her dead and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard about these things. They lied to the Holy Spirit, part of the Godhead. They lied to the Holy Spirit, to God. He's necessary. He's needed. So professing born-again believers who do not believe Holy Spirit is real, do not have proper belief in God, for he is God. And again, it's no wonder we are in the state that we are in today in the church. Holy Spirit is not the third string of the Godhead. He is not a junior member of the Godhead. He is 100% God that indwells, empowers, leads, guides, convicts, corrects all who put their faith in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 states, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of the promise. The Holy Spirit seals us. All who believe in Christ, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit, who is a first installment of our inheritance in regard to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. Also, we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 19, it says, uh, For the Son of God, Christ Jesus, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but has been yes in him. For as many as the promises of God are in him, they are yes. Therefore, through him also is our amen to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us in God who also sealed us and gave us the spirit in our hearts as a pledge. The assurance that you are a Christian, that you are a believer is that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And if you are out there and you don't believe the Holy Spirit is real, I can't say that you are a believer or, or you have had some bad teaching some bad theology 
if you are not believing that Holy Spirit is real. And I hope today in going through these scriptures that we would have the proper esteem for him. He is the one that Jesus said, I'm going to leave. I won't leave you as orphans. I won't leave you as, you know, just by yourself, not having what you need. But it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I go away, I'm going to send him to you. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 1, you know, Jesus told his disciples, look, y'all don't even go anywhere until you are endued with power, until Holy Spirit comes. You need him for the ministry and the work that you're going to do, that I'm assigning you to. So don't even leave until you receive what I'm sending. How we get to the point to where now we feel like we can do everything on our own is beyond me. See, I know and I understand I don't have many abilities and giftings. I don't. Naturally speaking, I don't have it. There's some who are gifted in this and that. Look, I'm just a normal person. My gifting is in trusting the Lord and leaning on him. I have nothing without him. Doing radio, speaking, and all of that, that's not something that comes naturally to me. I wasn't born with that gift. But when I submit myself to the Holy Spirit and his power, his anointing, he makes up what's lacking. What I don't have, he, he gives. And the, the, the small pieces of ability that I may have in, in those areas, he enhanced those things. I need him. We need him. If we're going to share the gospel with a dying world, if we're going to make the gospel preeminent and bring it out front, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. There's no convincing that I can do to make someone believe in God. I might have all the knowledge and the tricks and the different things. Hey, tell them this, say this. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit that touched a person's heart that causes a will to change. It's not my words. When we do this show, Miki and I, we pray, Holy Spirit, lead us on what to say. Because he knows every person that's listening. And he knows what every person needs. I don't know. Miki, she don't know what every person needs to hear. But we know the one who knows. We lean and we depend on him. Any success that we have in anything that we're doing is because of the Holy Spirit. Let it be known. Let it be known. It's not in us. And if you're a born-again believer in Christ, that should be your testimony as well. We need Holy Spirit. So let's not be afraid in our churches. When that brother called yesterday and said he was part of a church that really, you know, 
didn't want to mention Holy Spirit or man, because what has happened is there have there have been some abuses in the church concerning Holy Spirit, not understanding who he is. And so there have been some abuses. There have been some things that has that have happened that are not right. They are not biblical. And I said it yesterday. A lot of times what we want to do is throw everything out. We can't do that with God. And so it, it grieved me. It bothered me when a brother said, man, we, I was a part of a church that we didn't talk about him. Because a lot of times people, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, it becomes this spooky type thing. Ooh, Holy Spirit. Is he going to make me speak in tongues? Is he going to make me fall out and jump around? Man, we've received all this bad teaching in our, in our minds. And so we think any mention of Holy Spirit, who is God, is weird. But let's not be afraid in our churches, in our Bible studies, in our times of discipleship to teach about the Holy Spirit, to train believers to know his voice, to lean and depend on the helper. He's the helper. Let's not be afraid. Let's not be timid to mention that Holy Spirit is leading me to do this. Or to say this, let's be led by the Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons of God. We need to be able to hear his voice. We need to be able to know when he's saying yes. Just like the Apostle Paul and his crew, when the Holy Spirit forbade them to go here and said, no, don't even speak here. We need that same type of direction today. We got all kind of stuff happening in our world, in our country. The vaccine stuff, you know, all this stuff is going on. We need to hear the voice of God. And he's given us Holy Spirit that indwells us. He indwells us to lead us, to guide us. When we're going off course, he pulls us back. Just as Jesus said, and I'll leave with this, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I am leaving. For if I do not leave, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. Regarding sin, because they do not believe in me. Regarding righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you no longer are going to see me. Regarding judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Church, family, let's not dumb down God, He's the Holy Spirit. Let's not, let's not be afraid. Let's not be afraid to say, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me today, help me, show me who to talk to. We need him. This is Aaron Addison here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. We'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing. Until then. God bless.